podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. A camel shut Hello, welcome to episode 32, season 13 of the Fighting Cop Podcast. John Boy and Ricky, how are you doing, boys? Good, mate. Yeah? Good, good. The, the sun is shining through my window. I've got the blinds down, but it's still getting me in my eye, which is highly annoying. I'm looking at your face and I can't see any sun. Oh, yeah, there he is. Mate, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. retina's burning out. <laughs> got another one. <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's sort of four games, four days since, actually three days, since uh, the Chelsea game. John, I haven't really spoke to you much about it. Um, mm. how, how, how are you reflecting three days on? Because we recorded on Tuesday, Tuesday morning, everyone was still a bit raw. We're talking about how we felt proud of Spurs despite the result. Um, yeah, how are how, how you feeling? How long you got? Because there's a lot in this game. <laughs> I don't want to go <laughs> over everything that was discussed. I yeah, want, I know. You I know, know, go on. Yeah. Uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling good about it. I put a tweet out yesterday saying that basically it kind of reminded me of um, of 300, where basically if you haven't seen the movie or heard the the, the myth, uh, you know an oppressive force came to town. They thought, well, we could just like lay down, but actually now what we're going to do is we're just going to go out fighting. We're going to go out smashing geezers. We're going to show them what it's all about. We're going to be brave and just meet them in the middle and, and give it a go. And that's kind of basically where I left off, which is yeah, ultimately we lost the game. We got we got smashed up four one. If you just looked at the result, you'd be pretty frustrated and annoyed by that. Um, but actually, in reality, it was kind of um, people will remember that game not because Chelsea won four one, but they'll remember it because we did kind of come out fighting. And even when we went down to nine men. We were prepared to not um, back down, essentially, on our morals, on our way of playing football. And there's something kind of beautifully tribal and um, noble and stoic about the way that we went about it. And the media sort of spin of, was it naive and ultimately you lost? Like, I get all of that stuff, but there was something magic about hearing the fans like being more engaged with us being three and four one down mm. than when we'd been one nil up in the past under other managers trying to hold on for dear life that is we talk about it all the time like the sort of intangibles of why you follow a football team and the moments like that was a moment and there was something weirdly yeah kind of filled me with pride about the way that we decided to approach um that game so yeah, I felt like pretty positive about the outcome. The only downsides of the whole thing are just the injuries and suspensions, which we have to deal with. Which is so, massive. Yeah. <laughs> which is fucking enormous. Um, yeah. So we're going to come see. on to that. What day is it today, today, Ricky? It's Thursday and it's the QA part. Thursday then. Okay. No, wrong. That's wrong. Yeah. Friday then. <laughs> Saturday, Sunday, what? Um, yeah, it is the Q and A podcast, which means we don't have a f- solitary f- clue. We don't have a clue about what we're going to be talking about. No idea. I've no idea. I haven't looked at Free any styling. Freestyling. Looking at any of the questions, both on Reddit and on Twitter. So thank you for sending them in. Because if you didn't, we didn't have a podcast and all that shit. Um, let's start here with James Frelfell. He says Frelfell. James is my mate, actually. Uh, with Mickey out for the foreseeable, do you think Dyer can hold the fort or do we think the role of Dyer with Phillips? I was impressed with the performance against Chelsea, but his lack of pace to get back and defend is evident when we're playing such a high line. Um, 
I mean, I, I, I guess James is is not even taking into account the fact that Romero is out for three games, so we're going to have to play both Dyer and Phillips, I'd imagine. Um, can he hold the... Fo- do you have any faith that Derek Dyer will be able to do a job, Rick, in the next three games before Romero's back? Oh, it's a, and, it's a tough one. And a further question is, is when, when, he's, when Romero is back, who stays in, Phillips or Dyer? Ooh. Oh, they are Ooh. questions, aren't they? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, with Dyer, I mean, him coming into the Chelsea game, it was really like backs against the wall. It kind of suited. Uh, I mean, that that massive uh, high line didn't really uh, suit how he plays. But the kind of last ditch challenges, blocks, getting your head on stuff, um, and that backs against the wall type mentality where he, he played under Conte and Mourinho and he, he did well in parts, um, kind of suited his game. So it depends how we go out and play these games. Like, are we going to play a wild high line again against Wolves? I don't I don't think we will, uh, but I, I still think we will play a, a, a high line. And it's, it's one thing that Dyer coming into it um, and he's going to be kind of, He's going to have a, a lot more time to prepare tactics, what he needs to do. The thing that worries me with Dyer is that he's uh, nowhere near as kind of press resistant as Romero and uh, Van de Ven. So when the ball comes to him, he does tend to, to panic and he doesn't really know what to do and how to work the ball out. So hopefully in these matches that we can push the ball forward quicker or that there's just a natural just just pass the ball off to someone that that can play like that um so that is a worry for me but then also like you said Romero and Van der Ven are both going to be out now who's going to be the other centre-back coming in is is it going to be Hoybier that's going to be deputising like like he did against Chelsea now if it is Hoybier that's two people that are not the quickest a pair of pigs. Not the best, yeah. Not the best positionally. Like slow little uh, piggies, isn't it? Pair of pigs. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, definitely. So that does fill me with um, dread, should I say? But I think if we are on the front foot and we can um, <coughs> make sure that the ball is kind of in in other areas and not just with the centre-backs all the time. Is then... he going to do that? He's not going to change his system. He saw that uh, like when he went down to nine men, he, he's not going to change. He's going to say... He, he, he may not change his system, but he may say, look, Eric, we know that you're not very good. I don't think he's going to say that. You're shit, right? But... <laughs> Can you just be not like just a little bit less yeah. shit? We're like, in this situation. Right? You can see what's happened, Eric. <laughs> no, right? We don't, we don't want to play you. You don't want to play. We understand it. Just can you just do it? No, he'll he'll he'll, he'll just say <clears throat> like if well if I was him, I'd just say look. As soon as you get the ball, just look to pop it off as soon as you can. Like give it to someone who's going to progress the ball further up, uh, further up the pitch, or that who is more comfortable playing these but like little triangles to, to to push it. Eric Dyer did it. He was good with the ball at one stage. Like he was, one of his attributes about moving him into midfield is because he could play football. Do you remember? He played at centre CDM for a bit. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. I know. Um, All the evidence suggests it doesn't matter, but I'd say yeah, he, I, I, he once could. Do uh, it. He, 
he he played uh he used to play a lovely sweeping toby-esque ball as well mm. uh the, the old the old diag but um i don't think we're going to be doing that either so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting phillips um phillips didn't play he wasn't part of the under 21 squad uh during the week so which would suggest that he is the guy that's going to be uh certainly if he starts on the bench or um it, or, or maybe he will start you know it Postecoglou has made a point of the, these players needing to be ready and and, um, and and accounting for them, but there's also this idea that we're we're looking to buy another centre back in January, which would suggest that he thinks that maybe long term Phillips is not up to it. Doesn't have to be up to it for, for long term, does he, John? He needs to be up to it. For no. Three games. I, well, this is the thing, isn't it? I, I I looked at it initially, and I've seen like lots of different reports of Schoeberg might play centre back if Davis is fit he might play there and I sort of just think with Ange I think people have tried to second guess him like quite a lot so far and one thing I've learned about him is he just goes for kind of the obvious if your third and fourth centre backs are Dyer and Phillips and your third and fourth centre backs are the only ones available they'll play Yeah, that's what I expect I expect him to go well Dyer's third choice so he's now in and then fourth choice is Phillips he's now in those two will have to play together and actually on the surface Yes, there's a massive drop-off in quality. I'm not going to pretend that Dyer somehow... Actually, secretly, he's like as good as Romero. Like We know that's not the case. However, Romero's not lightning quick either. Right? He's, not as, he's much faster than Dyer, but he's not lightning quick. He plays much more the responsibility in that back four is with the ball, I think, with Romero. And Rick does make a good point, which is Dyer is also not as good um, on the ball as Romero is. But... To your point, Flav, he is decent on the ball. He's not the worst ball-playing centre-back in the league. He can he can do that job. And I thought there was a couple of nice moments, even in the game when we were down to nine men, where I kind of forgot that he's actually not a bad footballer and he could move the ball up the pitch. There was one time it was on the sort of right-hand side and he just kind of played a little one-two, moved up the pitch, went past the player and then kind of played it up the line to no one because there was no one there. But it reminded me that actually, you know, with 11 men on the pitch... Maybe he can do that job. Ashley Phillips is much more of an unknown. We have no idea like what he's going to be like. But I think it's the same. We have to sort of trust Ange's idea of like, it doesn't really matter too much. The expectation on him is just like to play and to step in and try and do well and be brave on the ball. I'm assuming, and this is a massive assumption just basically because he's young, that he'll be pretty quick or at least quicker than Dyer. And he'll be quicker than Davies probably. So, and Scheuberg for, for certain. So in terms of like a like for like, yeah. yes, they're a downgrade, but they're the most similar and that they are their best positions on the pitch. So I'd, I personally think that that has to be the way we play um, to try and keep some level of consistency. Um, I don't expect us to change the way that we play or the approach. We'll still play a high line. We'll still play with the ball. That's what I'm expecting. And often, I mean, this could be counterproductive, a counter... It'll be contradictory to what I've said previously, but you, sometimes you don't know until you see the player play. Phillips mm. might be able to do it at this level. I know I said previously that we you you wanted Errol, Errol Spence, Jed Spence, <laughs> Jed Spence to start for Spurs last year, and I was going, well, look, obviously he plays sees him in training, and he's not good enough. But there have mm. been times where you know they they saw Bow in training, and we were ready to let him go to to Nottingham Forest on loan. Was it? Yeah, it was that. Yeah. And Akoto got injured, and Bow came in, and the rest is history. They saw Bow in training, and I'm not comparing Phillips to anyone who um you know any, any kind of first team player yet because he's so young but it, it might be just be that we have a player that we don't realize um and, yeah. and that he is good enough and, and we'll see but it's it's, it's mental it's how, luck, how unlucky we've been this this week that our back line uh, against Chelsea started with Porro Romero van der Ven 
and Adogi. And our backline against Wolves will be Porro, Phillips, Dyer, and Emerson Rao out of position. It's a bit of a shame. What? Boys, it's a bit of a shame, isn't it? it is, do you know what? It is, a, um... it is a real big shame because we were fucking flying. And we were flying in that game. We started so well in that game. And then it all just went to shit. And... and and it's frustrating because, like, we were top of the league. People were genuinely starting to start, like, you know, start to take take us seriously. And so much has gone wrong in that game against Chelsea that a lot of it's that, that certainly Postecoglou can't legislate for. And it's just that, that, that everything's changed now. And then you're like, and now we're looking, at, and, and I'm I'm guilty of it as well. And I'm sure you always got. It's like you're, you're looking at these fixtures and you're looking at how many we can win now. Whereas I was confident going into every single one. The fact we're going to absolutely batter them all. Sorry, John. What were you going to say? I was going to say like do, do, I can't remember the rules now. Like, but if does Destiny miss the next game, or does he just he just get sent off in that game and then, or he has to yeah. miss the next game? I thought it was only for a straight red. He misses the next game. He misses the next game, and his his first yellow is uh, not counted essentially. So he's basically still on the same amount of yellows as he was before the game. Right, but he okay. misses the next one. Same with Basuma, right? Okay. So yeah. So it was so still on the yellow card. He gets one more, and he'll be uh, he'll be missing as well. But you got to cope yeah. with this, and and the idea is that the, 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 how how important and how in, impressive is is Postecoglou's ideology going to be? Like the fact that this is the way we play now, regardless of personnel. This is the way we play in the same way that when he was talking about convincing Madison to join the club, it's like this is this is the way we play, and and whoever's on the pitch will be playing in this system. Is it? You would look at the Wolves game, especially now that Neto's injured as well. He's not in. He's not playing. And you still think, with our forward line, we can outscore them. We may concede a couple here, but we're still amazing going forward. If Madison's fit, still amazing going forward. And we're still going to be playing the same fluid football. We're still going to be press resistant. It's... It's not all doom and gloom. It's just a, it's just a significant challenge that we could have done without. But we all spoke about this as, as well, didn't we? We knew how light our squad was, and we knew that we didn't have a backup option to our centre back pairing. We knew it. We were just hoping that we'd get through to to January without having to be confronted with that frailty. But the reality is, we have to deal with it. Clubs have uh, teams have injuries, and we're just at the start. The fact that we've been at the top of the league after ten games was fantastic. Brilliant, great start, but it, don't let it create a, a different expectation from what where we're at, because injuries will, could render us in a situation to be in, in, in able or unable rather to to perform in the way we have done in the first ten games. But it doesn't mean that we're no we're suddenly not back a step or two. We're all in the same position we was beforehand. We're not a title ch title challenge title league challenging team. Despite being top, it would have been a miracle we would have had to have avoided everything that we suffered in that Chelsea game. And that happened in one game. For it to go through at 38 without that happening is another thing. So we go to January and we rebuild. We make a couple of acquisitions that better us. January, we build again. Uh, sorry, the summer, we build again. And what? imagine this squad under, under Postacoglu's tutelage next season. There'll be even better players. So I'm not... Look, don't, don't, it sounds like I'm writing the season off I'm not I'm just saying that we've had so much to deal with in one that 
don't let this knock you. Don't let this knock your confidence in Postacoglu in, in any way, shape or form. We are a fucking fantastic football team at the moment and we will be again. Van der Ven's injury, is it even that bad? I don't know. I, when, I, when you first went off, Rick, I don't know what you felt. I mean, we spoke about it, but it was a bad one. But some news has come out since then that it's perhaps not as bad. He doesn't require surgery and um, he might be back before we expect. Still going to be a month or two, surely. You reckon? I mean, what do you think? Um, yeah, well, I don't know actually. It was almost <laughs> like I could see in his eyes, like just him running towards me and then him pulling up. And it took an age for him to hit the deck. And I was just like, you know, when they're just grabbing the back of their leg and it's straight and the other one's like hobbling and then he just hit the floor. And I was just like, you just know that he's he's fucked. Um, from memory, he didn't get stretched off though, did he? No, he walked off, no, but he, he was he was on the shoulders of two people. He couldn't walk properly. Well, you know, if, if, if it was that bad, he would got. He, 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 yeah, it's not a stretcher, so that's 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 one bit of positive news. Mm. No stretcher dog. Yeah. So, um, and then we there, there is uh, an image floating about on <laughs> social media of Son and Van der Ven, and they're both in their training kits. Now, I don't think Van der Ven is straight back into training. That is. Uh, ridiculous but what does it mean what does it mean I don't know do, do, what does it mean do, do, I don't know so this was the image that was circulating around Twitter last night where everyone was going proper giddy and I couldn't tell where everyone was joking because I'd would, I would added something to drink so I couldn't tell if everyone was joking or he was actually back already and I was like going hang on a minute look he couldn't walk yeah, what like what clearly surely not and everybody was this amazing this little buzz around going, oh, no, no, he's back. It's all right. It's all good. <laughs> um, but it, there's, it, no, there's no way now. I don't even have a scan yet. It <laughs> reminded me of, um, do you remember like the Champions League run where basically like Winks and Sissoko were just like holding it down in midfield and somehow pulling out performances against like Barcelona and City and stuff. And Sissoko was like in fully in his... Uh, cult hero arc where we you know at the time we, we start, even made hoodies for him because that's how much of a like cult hero he was mm. in that run there was a time where like we were so desperate for him to stay fit and he pulled up with a hamstring yes and we were like we're fucked like we're fucked what yes. are we gonna do we, we literally don't have the players and then he just played the next game yeah like he it was like there was like a week gap because it was like an international break or and then he just played the next I, game and no one mentioned it ever again we made a like, joke he literally of it healed do you remember yeah. we made him kind of like he yeah. just runs off his first human being to ever run off a hamstring you're yeah. right i remember yeah. that specifically <laughs> Wolverine. that's amazing I, was, I, I can't mental. i cannot see van der ven running this off to be ready for balls i don't think so um but we'll see I'm, you know who knows who knows um, let's do another question. Let's go over to Reddit, shall we? Um, good podcasting. Hang on a second. Actually, no. Let's let's stay with Twitter. <laughs> I, I thought I had it up, but I don't. Um, Glenn says, "Be honest. How much research have you done into hamstring injuries? I've, I've had a look. I've noticed three grades, and I know the, the the return time for each of them could be as le le less as two to three weeks. Could be up to three months, depending on how bad it is." Um, yeah, I had a little look up as well straight away. Um, I but I like a uh, grade one is minimal and grade three is major, right? He's screaming. Or grade four, or whatever. Yeah, I know. So I, if he's screaming at a grade, grade one, grade maybe we should yeah. sell him. Yeah, <laughs> how resilient is that? Um, but yeah, I think he'll be all right. 
Give it a couple of weeks. Cu- couple of weeks getting back in. V Tempest, uh, he says, on a scale of one to Big John Bass, how huge of an impact is VDV's injury going to be on our season, given that January is still ages away? How much faith do you have in Eric Dyer and Phillips? So we talked a bit about that. Um, yeah. be said uh, El, El Gigante. Um, but, yeah, it's, it is, it is going to have a massive impact. And it's, it's frustrating the fact that he's, like, he was so good. He's been so good. He's probably never had hamstring in his entire career. Cut 10 games in, 11th game at Tottenham in the league, and he's fucking done that. It's frustrating, but you just yeah. got One thing I will say is it's made Mark Nesbitt look a right mug when he was on here telling us, oh, the most important signing we need to make is a left winger. Mate, we could we could literally lose three left wingers and we still have a left winger. Yeah. We've now lost the, the best, like, the, the, the centre-back who allows us to play our best football is now injured, and now that's a major problem, and it's definitely a priority. And also, Madders went off, and I was like, again, this is what I said, if Madders and Van der Ven up now, it's so difficult for us to play the way we're playing. We don't have a quality left winger, supposedly, and we're top. So, Nesbitt, get back in your data box, you mug. <laughs> what, have you been, you've been sitting on that for a while, John? <laughs> I was literally about a second... Uh, it was, it's probably still sitting in my drafts. I was just about to tweet out when, when Van der Ven pulled up going... He's made you look a right mug, Mark. Uh, he's he's we, got injured. Now, do you still want to sign a left winger? Yeah. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. You can take it up in the WhatsApp group. Uh, yeah, and, I, and, I, and I will. I'll, I've been leaving it off there specifically so I can get him on here. Do it public. Do it proper. <laughs> uh, indeed. Right. Uh, we've got a question here from... Um, Nick H, if all the players, staff and Dan Levy are thrown into a free-for-all fight to the death, naked and gnawed up, of course, who comes out victorious? Victorious. My money's on Porro. No. No? Absolutely not. Well, look, who? just go through the British people first. They'll be near the top. So probably Dyer, massive, English, big forehead. He's probably going to do quite well in that scenario. Um, That's, you know... Yeah. yeah, that's what I I've, 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 I'm with you there. I don't really know. Uh, we've got. Let's do another question. Scootum Scooby's Scranium says, uh, "Should we, should we as a fan base celebrate losses like we do? Uh, like, should we as a fan base celebrate losses like we do wins and piss every other sub off, hoping for our toxic meltdown? What we saw after the game was truly remarkable. And togetherness was astonishing. Was it every other sub off? What's that mean?" Every other sub, is it subreddit he's talking about? It's weird how fan, but fandom on the internet, strange. Um, no, we shouldn't celebrate losses like we celebrate wins because no. it's impossible. Absolutely not. You can't celebrate a loss. But what was celebrated after the Chelsea game wasn't a loss, wasn't it? We weren't celebrating the result. That result stung and it hurt. But the performance is what what people celebrated. The togetherness and the 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 willfulness not to abandon the game plan merely because the situation was difficult, and the buy into Postecoglou's system was there for all to see when we played nine across a midfield line, trying to play an off offside trap. <coughs> what did you make of that, John? What the offside the the approach? Yeah, I mean, I loved it. I mean, look, I think if you go down to to ten men. And then, especially when you go down to nine men, we saw it with Liverpool, right? The the football in textbooks will tell you, we'll just sit in deep and go narrow and let them try and put crosses in and just try and head things away. 
And most of the time, it works for a long time, and eventually someone gets space, puts in a quality ball, and they score, which is exactly what happened against Liverpool. And it happens 99 times out of 100. Mm. I've never seen a team <laughs> go down and incredible. get more aggressive. People are like, oh, well, Tottenham always play high line. Yeah, we don't play on the halfway line. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. With nine um, men. Yeah, with nine men. But what I would say is, like, in the words of David Brent, it did phase them. They didn't know what to do. Like, they they genuinely they couldn't work it out. We kept catching them offside. And even the times when they did sort of break free, they were just, like, unprepared. It was just so such an unusual thing. Um, and I actually kind of understood it. If you go, um, If you go deeper and deeper, you would do invite like pressure on and so when there is a chance like you're very close to your goal so so things like the own goal Matip's own goal will happen right if you smash a ball across the box everyone's in the box if you're really high yeah you're getting chances but we actually saw it a lot where the ball got played through and Vicario's just there to mop it up because you're playing the ball into space and you're further away you still gotta either go around the keeper or find a part it's like a long way from the danger of the goal so it looks mad because there's space and you get a couple of runners and you're in on goal quote unquote but you are still in on goal. You have to still go around the keeper or lay it off. Now, mm. it did happen. But when it was 2-1, we had... Dyers was offside, fair enough. I won't even count that. But no one, seemingly on any of the pods I've listened to since, everyone keeps um, mentioning the um, Son chance. But Benton Cool's chance was the better one. Yeah, of course it was. So that's two, cha- that's two chances. We have been 3-2 up. To equalize. Yeah. With nine men. At, le- at least two all, which would have been an unbelievable result. So I get the point of, well, it didn't work because ultimately lost 4-1. But the system just puts the players in position to do things. If they don't take the chances, not really much Ange can do about that. That system put us in a position where we essentially had three chances. Dyers was slightly offside if he'd have just held his run, maybe scores anyway. Or Bentancourt. Bentancourt. Or Sons. If Benten, if it was arguable that he'd even touch that ball, Bentancourt, which meant well, yeah, Dyer exactly. would have been onside. So we created essentially three really, really good chances to score with nine men. I don't think many teams with nine men create three chances to get themselves back into the game. That's all Ange can do by doing that system. So you can call it naive, and we ultimately lost 4-1, but you have to look at the context of that game, which is that we we did create chances to get back into it and get a point or even win it, which is insane. So I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Um, Rick? Yeah, mate. You know, you know something. John, I don't know if we told you about this, but to- The Fighting Cock is sponsored by Manscaped. Yes. Do you know what Manscaped is? Yes, it's like male grooming and trimming of body hair yeah. and stuff well, like that. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you, you desperately need it. Of course I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, do, you, do you not think targeted ads hitting me up every fucking day of my life? Manscaped. <laughs> I, I, I've got nothing on my Twitter feed. It's just Manscaped ads. I tell you what, I, I tell you what you can do then, John. You can, you can sign up and um, get involved in the Manscaped, the Manscaped product because um, you can use the fighting cock at manscaped.com and get 20% off all of your good stuff you're buying and uh, free shipping as well. Uh, Rick, do you, yeah, uh, mate. do you still, like you've, you've been with your missus like 24 years. Are you, do you still trim down there? And Yeah, I do. I, I, I've mentioned it before as well, but um, there's there's two two kind of phases that I, that I have that it's either um, it's either feast or famine down there. It's either <laughs> like, like a, an absolute bush where you, you cannot, you can literally just make out a bell just popping out <laughs> the forest or um, it's just immaculate. Like you could eat a <laughs> dinner off it. That's how clean it is. It's quite hard to get around the balls is my, that would be my, 
take yeah. home from trimming the never region. John, when when you're, I mean, do you bother? Because you've got hair everywhere. You're like the most hairy yeah. man I've ever seen. You've got a man yeah, hair, I mean, hair I, suit underneath your clothes. Yeah, the thing is, right? You can't. It, but it you, makes no sense, John. You cannot like go all yeah. the way because I sometimes get, shave everything off like a newborn baby. Yeah, right. Yeah. But you, but but you can't do that because you've got so much hair already. Yeah, but think about it this way. It's like the it's like the reverse. If people, I think they think, well, he's just basically got like a jumper of hair on, and then like you know pants and legs of all hair, and then you know obviously just it's just my like feet don't have any hair on, and my like my hands, obviously my palms, you can testify they don't have any hair on them either. But actually, what I've done in my like lower region is basically make skin pants. So I just like everything is smooth around the like crotch and groin and bum area so that when you look at me you just think it's just like a white pair of pants um around that area so yeah i like to keep it kind of smooth there yeah i also the only the only other body hair i don't like is my back hair which again makes no sense because let's say for example i don't know like especially before i met my wife when i was single right in my mind i'm they're going they're looking at me from behind going oh yeah great it's like nice and smooth perfect then when i turn around i've just got a complete fully like hairy chest yeah it makes no sense because either they like body hair, in which case they wouldn't give a shit about the hairy back, or they don't like it. And then when they turn around and see the like the full chest hair, it makes what, no you, sense. If, but I just have you ha- just ever had like a it. negative comment from a woman about your hair, hairy body? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Like, what, you mean you've one, got one or two women being like, "Yeah, you're too hairy." And well, like, hang on, hang on a minute. Not, so you've got wrong. down to it, and they've got no. Oh no, 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 no. I mean, like in a conversation in a like a club or something, chatting to a girl. And then maybe I've just got like a little shirt, and the shirt's like a little bit open. Yeah, she's course, like, yeah, you're, 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 yeah, you're too hairy. I mean, the, the, look, I've always said it's basically one extreme or the other. Girls will literally either be like, oh god, no, or they are well into it, mate. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no middle ground. They're not like, oh yeah, you know, I don't mind excessive amounts of hair. They're basically like, yeah, I want a big wolf yeah. to ravage me, like take me, <laughs> man. You want a bear, man. Yeah, you want you want, and to, you're yeah, and just, you're massive, you know. John. You're like the dream for lots and lots of women. Um, yeah, I think it's like a werewolf fantasy. You know, you know what I mean? Just yeah. like a big fucking is, massive hairy monster, just like biting you and fucking you up. It is quite. <laughs> it is quite a. It's quite a primal thing, I think. Um, yeah. But obviously, you need to keep it in check, otherwise it becomes unruly. You don't want to be a, like a yeti, like an urban man yeti, do you? Um, no. I found I've always found I don't know if, how do you go about this, Rick? How you about go about getting your your bull hair quite yeah in in check? Like the, the so Manscaped's got the lawnmower five point ultra, which is designed for groin trimming, and it also wow. the, minimizes almost to the point of zero the risk of catching your bollock when you when you you're tending. So that's what you uh, see. I, yeah, I've uh, I tend to use. Um, my beard trimmer so without a guard without a guard well no with a guard on top and then i could like this there's loads of different like there's razors there's there's a whole fucking like eclectic use of different tools that you're trying to use just to so you don't get a nick you always get a nick yeah i don't know i I want that lawnmower thing like lawnmower 5.0 ultra it's perfectly designed for the never regions They've got Lovely. Ton, tons that, of stuff. Yeah. They've got Handyman as well, if you want to shave your face. The Weed Whacker for your nose and ears. There's the uh, the Beard Hedger 
as well for trimming up your beard. They've also got these boxer shorts that are anti-chafing. John, you'll need these. Anti-chafing Manscaped boxer shorts. If you order the performance package 5.0 Ultra, free boxers, toiletry bag, free shipping purchase um with 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 manscaped as it stands and you know it's christmas coming up so if you have no idea what to buy men are impossible to buy for if you don't, don't know what yeah. to buy your brother what you buy your dad whatever it might be might, your mum might be airy she might need it then you can then then, then use manscaped and remember use our promo code the fighting cock when you're signing up and uh yeah get involved let us know how you get on specifically if it's about your groin that's what i'm interested also in. it's also like, like i'm I'm 40 now, and like when I was younger, just getting away with using whatever to trim myself up, I should just invest in some like proper self care. You know, you know yeah. what I mean? R- like, Rick, just make it easy for yourself. Just stop like trying to use fucking garden shears I, and like, I always, all, like, all just madness stuff. Just just be an adult and look after yourself. I man. keep I keep all of my pubic region in check in case I'm ever involved in a car crash and have to cut my jeans off. <laughs> you don't want to be in a situation where you're caught off guard all right so uh yeah go to manscape purchase some stuff for christmas or just for yourself and use the promo code the fighting cock gets you 20 percent off whatever you buy and free shipping um Gee. yeah not bad not bad at all um what's your what's your feeling going into the walls game then john boy I think we're going to do all right. I, I I don't feel as like panicked as I did when Van der Ven pulled up. In that in that moment, yeah. I was like, "Oh Jesus, Same. season's over! Like this, we're done." But actually, I, I do think like sometimes we forget that like they are professional footballers, the squad players, right? They're not. It's not like me and you coming in centre back. Oh, and today it's uh, Big John Bass and Flav. They've got a combined total Premier League appearances of none. Mm. Um, their, their statistics are uh, xG of zero, um, expected pints ten. Like it's not that, right? They're they're, they're decent. Eric Dyer's played at a World Cup. Like it's not. I know we think he's shit, and like, this is what I say all the time. I'm like, there's there's levels to it. We're like, oh, I need to get him out. Cal's like rip his contract up. Like, <laughs> yes, he's not what if we, we want. If we would have done what Cal not... said, oh, it's, it's insane. He would be on a free transfer somewhere else. Yeah, that's just, just playing in the Premier League. It's, it makes no sense. Look, I know. I know that Dyer is not the future. I'm not advocating to say, oh, actually, he's the answer all along. I'm just saying that they can do a job, especially in the short term with Romero, in Romero's case. Like, we just need to get through the next couple of games. Dyer should be able to just be steady. And I think you're right. I think, like, our biggest attribute that's helping our defence is that we are an attacking team and not a defensive team. And that's what Dyer really struggled with is you're, you're setting up under Conte to be a really strong defensive unit when you don't have a really strong defensive unit. So I think that that will help us. And I still think that we've got a really good midfield. We've got a really good attack. We just need to take a breath. I think maybe this experience of like going through that and, and the sort of um, pride and the sort of positive uh, spin in the media will help the players to be confident in like, actually, yeah, we can do this. Like we can we can play well in those circumstances. So, yeah, I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, if I'm honest, just to see where it goes. Like it's... We've got to get into the mindset of we came into the season with no expectations. Just because we had this amazing start shouldn't change the way that we feel about it. Let's try and enjoy it. Like mm-hmm. We get to see some new players. We get to see something different. And if we win in these games, it's it's like even more fun, right? Because you're playing with, with difficulties of, of injuries. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Um, Rick, anything to add there? Uh, no? I mean, like, like, Wolves is a... Um, 
can be a tricky place, as uh, Man City found out. They haven't got Neto. Uh, Neto's huge. Well, I mean, it's, uh, Molyneux isn't the easiest place to go. It can be a bit. It can be a bit rowdy. Um, uh, but I feel like that we. I don't know. We've we've been to some places where it has been a bit uh, on top, and we, we've come out unscathed. Um, I just hope that within like the first i always have this thing i've said it before if we don't concede within the first 15 minutes first and second half we're golden mm. um and i just think if the, the you know the atmosphere early kickoff injuries how we're going to set up if we steady the ship within that first 15 minutes we'll be all right man we'll be fine um just just another test just another test boy um yeah fair play uh, Whiskey Alpha Zulu says, seeing the difference in managerial responses post losses, how many of our tetas tears does it make you come take to make you come? That that was satisfying that our manager and you always knew this was going to be a case, but he handled that with dignity and he handled it with a, a, a sense of decorum that Arteta is incapable of doing because he's a man child, he's a man baby, he's embarrassment. He's an embarrassment to the league, he really is. And actually what he doesn't realise, and maybe he does realise it and he just doesn't care, which is in, in some ways worse, is that his impact is creating undue and additional pressure on referees to make bad decisions because they have to deal with this shit every single time something happens. And I wouldn't be, to some degree, even though Liverpool's reaction to the Diaz goal was, you know, the offside goal at Spurs, was a little bit over the top, at least they were right in that it was a bad decision. The Newcastle got... That, that, what, that was... A lot of it was subjective. The ball was in. The one... It wasn't offside. The only thing that could possibly be a conversation is the push. And if you ask 100 people, 50 people are saying it's a penalty and 50 people are saying it's not. So it's not an error, right? It's just... Sometimes they're given. He's incapable of... of, 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 of dealing with disappointment. And Postacoglu is the polar opposite to that I cannot wait for the day when we are legitimately the best team in the league and I think it's coming with Postacoglu I can feel it we're set up now financially to be able to compete with most teams apart from ones that you know that have unlimited wealth but in terms of revenue and financial fair play we're in a really good spot we've got an incredible manager who if supported is going to achieve great things with us and um, and a nucleus of an excellent team. So I cannot wait for him not only to be the best manager in the league, but the one who's most dignified. What did yeah. you make of Arteta? I, um, yeah, sorry, mate. I um, I think the whole like Poch, uh, sorry, Poch, um, Postacoglu versus Arteta kind of narrative is a really interesting one because I think as a society, just generally, like we we have move to a point where sort of traditional like male and masculine sort of attributes and approaches you know sort of being stoic and you know strong and um that kind of stuff has been sort of become un unfashionable i guess particularly in football as well and don't get me wrong there have been lots of um managers who have some of those attributes also have some pretty toxic traits as well which is why it's become unfashionable i think but i think with Ange, what what we are getting is what some of those traditional male values or masculine values or leadership values have been in sport and in football that people have just 
like missed like it's just it's just evaporated from the game and so he's not doing anything that's like radically like new or different it's actually gone the other way i think it's just a little bit more traditional and you know the way that he spoke about you know i was raised to accept the referee's decision well so was i like that's that's when i was a kid it's like you couldn't argue with refs you used to get like a lot of trouble for that even at youth football and it's just changing in the game where essentially people just moan about everything and everything's an injustice and there's a conspiracy and everything's a big problem. It's not just a genuine mistake and an issue. And I just really like the fact that we have a manager who is essentially um, a statesman for the club as well as being like a really interesting like footballing perspective and the way he plays and his approach. But just the way that he answers everything is just like straight and honest and we're just not used to it. Like we're just so used to political answers from managers and players about the way they see things. Which is why, like I said earlier, if you want to know what Ange is going to do, just what's the most obvious thing? That's what he's going to do. Like that's what he's going to say. He's going to give you an honest answer what he thinks about things. And he'll just say the right thing. And we all keep expecting him to kind of slip up. Oh, you know, he just keeps saying the right thing. He will continue to do that because that's actually who he is and what he believes. Did you see he got a yellow card to me in the game? Is, yeah, that, because he was having a go at the linesman. He had a go at the linesman. <laughs> I love that. Um, the set yeah, for the ref. What, what did he do? Yeah, no, I think it was the linesman because the linesman, and I know it's the rules now, but the linesman, you know, they don't put their flag up if they're not sure in case they're onside and VAR checks it. But it basically was a couple of times when they didn't, the lino didn't put the flag up and then someone got smashed in the aftermath and then was like, oh yeah, it's offside. And his point is, which every single person in the world I think agrees with, is that rule is mental because one day someone is going to break their leg or get injured because they let the play unfold even though they knew it was offside. Mm. And he had to go at him about that. Because again, that's the most logical and obvious conclusion and that's what he talks about. So yeah, I, I think it's... um. I don't want to talk about Arteta being petulant because I think that's obvious. I'm just really glad that our manager isn't that way and he is the sort of person that stands by those like traditional, proper, decent values of what you're supposed to do. Um, so yeah, I, lo I love him so much and I think the aftermath of this game and him saying that stuff about referees and getting off their backs and making it about the issues with VAR is a separate thing to having a go at referees is actually like a problem with the way that we've changed football to make to sort of take away the power from referees was is brilliant that's a, a much more succinct way of saying var is shit and i really appreciate him saying it so yeah, yeah. it's great it is shit isn't it we need it out of the sport as quickly as so possible. shit it's, so it's shit. literally ruined it i mean rick was talking about how he was in the game and i think it was the elbow to uh, Udogi, where you didn't actually know what was what was going on. I spoke to my dad. Nah. I, I spoke I spoke to my dad as well, and I, I don't know how much of this was was steeped in in that in the um in in just the madness and disappointment of the game. But he he watched it and was like, the first half was the most ridiculous half of football you've ever seen. He goes, how can you enjoy that? It's mental. It's interesting. But as a spectacle in football, the fact that you spent 12 minutes of nothing happening during the game. All right, it was added on to the first half. But there was a 12-minute gap of nothing happening because of these constant checks of VAR, which are you know, made worse by the reactions to bad decisions by massive managers with massive reputation. But yeah, you, you, it was a struggle, wasn't it, during the game, Rick, when you was... When you was yeah, it was. The, like, loads of times when... Um, things were going to VAR, although it says offside or serious foul play or whatever it might be, like 
because it was down the other side of the pitch, I didn't I didn't see it. Like I didn't know what happened. There was a, there was a few incidences that happened that was being checked by VAR, and I knew kind of why they were being checked, but I'd I'd missed what had happened. So it's like they're going over everything with a fine tooth comb, and like uh, John was saying, like when Ange came out and said that, and it was like the the eroding of the ref's um, authority. Mm. And the more that people come out and complain, like Arteta and Klopp, and are just screaming bloody murder at the ref, that the more that the refs and VAR will really take time to check over that they do have the correct result and that they, you know, they're checking everything. And the game is slowed up so much that it's just... it's just the the free flowing football uh, and the fun is just completely taken out of it. And yeah, we all want the correct results, but we don't want every single thing to go to VAR every single time and then to deliberate for five minutes or three minutes or whatever it was to make sure, oh yeah, no, he he was offside or he, oh yeah, no, he didn't do this or or whatever it might be because yeah, it's just... um, and and so, someone else as well. I mean, I, I um I did uh, write this as a note for Monday's pod, but I didn't actually mention it. Um, but how much effect of uh, VAR happening and the start stop is having an effect on injuries? Whereby I've had a few people from America that have messaged me saying about American football. Um, and that because it's so start stop and your your muscles are warm and then you're standing around your muscles are cold and then you've got to do a massive sprint and then you end up do, pulling your muscles. I think they have. Someone said to me they have exercise bikes at the side of the yeah, pitch to keep their to keep their legs warm and yeah. their muscles going. So that because there is so much. Uh, so I think you're start, saying, stop, Ricky, what I think you're saying is it's responsible directly for Van der Ven's injury. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much, mate. I mean, and then what John was saying about. Postacoglu having a go at the linesman. I think he actually got the yellow for stepping outside his technical area. Mm. But um, it is, if you're not putting the, you know, letting play on and then it is offside and then he he shouldn't have made that run because he was offside and he makes that run and he does his hamstring. You know, fucking hell, man. It's just um, it's just a bit of a mess at the moment. It is it is a massive mess. Yeah, it is. I need to you sort know, the, it. need to get rid of it the, quick. The one, the not the gonna one thing about... They're not. They're not going to. But the one thing that I think is the, the worst thing about this whole um, VAR thing is that when you say I hate VAR, people automatically assume you're talking about your own team, which is understandable, right? Because we could all complain about VAR decisions. But that's not why I'm complaining about it. Why I'm complaining about it? Because sometimes it helps us. It helped us in this game. Like a doggy should have been sent off, 100% in my mind. That was yeah, mental. Same, yeah. And Romero should have been sent off for the one before that he eventually gets sent off. Um, so we got helped out in that regard as well. But anyway, my main issue is goals. I can't celebrate goals. What is the point of football if you cannot celebrate no, goals? No. It is honestly the most brutal thing. And again, I put a tweet out. People completely misunderstood what I said, which was the dire one where he flicked it on. And the lino put his flag up, right? So it wasn't actually a VAR situation. But the point I was trying to make is, let's imagine he wasn't offside and he bangs that goal in. But then there's a VAR check because it's tight. Yeah. That just kills yeah, that moment of yeah. joy of like, oh my God, we've equalized. Like, it's amazing. I will take as many mistakes as we used to have before. I'll take more mistakes. I'd, I'd, I'd happily take more mistakes. The mistakes Definitely. aren't the problem. Um, the mistakes are not the problem. It's the, the, the delay of disruption of the game that's the issue. 
And we still have as many mistakes now, right? Like they're, they're more, all these because decisions, there's more right? discussions. Because they're shit. reviewing every single thing. It's actually rubbish. Like no one's mentioned, um, I don't want to go over all the decisions, but there's one massive thing that no one has mentioned. In the build-up, before Romero's tackle, which I, I personally think wasn't a red, but I, I understand a lot of people do think it's a red. I think he wins the ball. If he doesn't challenge for that ball, then the other player gets there first. Yeah, but so he either he, doesn't challenge I, or, yeah. he, or he gets sent off. What are you supposed to do? I blame him I that he it. didn't have to go through him. And it was, you know what kind of player he is. And you know he has that in him. Like to say, he's not an angel. He 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 can be a very sure dirty, not. dirty player. I don't understand how he's supposed to win that ball. Like he has to go that fast to get there first. And when you go that fast, if you look, his leg doesn't move from the anyway. It doesn't matter. He got sent off for it. Fine. The issue that I have is that they went back from an offside to then check that, and they went, "Oh, okay. Well, he's on. He was offside, but actually before that, Romero smashed his geezer. We think that's a penalty. Well, before that." Sterling dives. So if they gave the foul against Sterling for diving, mm. Van de Ven goes to clear it. And maybe that was why he like, did his hamstring later because he completely swings and misses at the ball. Sterling thinks he's going to make contact and goes over, dives. It was exactly like Basuma against Luton, the dive. Now that's a foul. He's dived in the box trying to win. So where does it end? Well, this is like, the thing. Is it, go, it, it's just, just get rid of it. Then we don't have to have these conversations, do we? Exactly. It's no problem. Exactly. And the refs will make decisions on the field again. So we don't have like three different things you could blow a foul for because he probably blows for the first foul yeah. and we don't have this mess. So we could keep goal line. We could keep like, you know, the rest of if someone, I don't know, punches someone on the other side of the pitch, fine, intervene. But this constant interfering of VAR is honestly ruining a game for everyone and it kills goals. So yeah, let's just honestly yeah, just get rid of it. But, right. the, but whenever you have these conversations, it's always followed with, yeah, but it's not going anywhere. So what can we do? And why isn't it going anywhere? Why isn't it? Why is it? Why can't it be that someone somewhere is going? Actually, do you know what? This isn't for the better of the game. Let's start. Let's have. Why is there absolutely no conversation with the powers that be that this is not good? Why is it just like well, well this be... is it's what it is now. This is this is the way we have VAI is it's not going anywhere. Why isn't it going anywhere? Why can't it be removed? Why not? Why isn't it even a discussion that it should be removed? It's just fans moaning at each other a... and pundits moaning at each other. But has there been like a fan action group across team, like basically fans against VAR? Because if the like all of the Premier League um, supporters clubs and stuff banded together and signed a fucking petition or whatever it was and got it spoken about in Parliament and like just kept putting pressure on, because across Europe, you know, there's like I've seen stuff in grounds where people are like you know fans against VAR. I think that's what it's going to take is someone needs to sort of create a central movement where basically fans, especially match day going fans, I think it's so much worse if you're in the ground, you know, need to basically band together and say, we want fucking rid of this. Like, get rid of it or we'll stop coming to games. Do you remember that monk that set fire to himself? On yeah. The yeah, we need someone to do that. Football fan set fire to himself outside of the <laughs> stadium. <laughs> Why has he done that? Does he hates VAR? He hates VAR. Fucking hates it. <laughs> he didn't even set fire to himself. He was so angry that he just combusted. I remember being a kid and being terrified of spontaneous combustion. Do you know? Have you it's heard same. about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently, it can it's happen. So funny why? Why is it funny? Because well, I just remember it as a kid as well. And I remember like reading a story about this man came home one day and he's just found a pile of ash yeah, on a chair. And he's like, oh, my wife spontaneously combusted. Help. <laughs> it, 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 why is it? So it's just people of our age that had a period in their youth where they were scared of sp spontaneous combustion. I haven't thought about spontaneous combustion 
in about 20 that years. So <laughs> Was you ever scared of it? Yeah, how, did, how does it, how, yeah, how does it happen? My mum goes, oh, Rick, can you go down the shop and get some milk? Nah, not going down, mate. I might spontaneously combust if I run too fast. Fuck that, I'm staying here. <laughs> but it was fact, right? When we was a kid, people, it was happening. But if you yeah. go, I've just Googled it. According, according to Britannica, the answer is absolutely certainly no. None of the proposed scientific explanations for how a body would spontaneously burst into frames has held up in scru to scrutiny. I still believe it. I don't. Yeah, that's what they want you to think. Yeah, that's what they want you to think. So just for the record, the powers that be. all three of us at some point in our lives have been scared of spontaneous combustion. combustion. <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified as a kid. <laughs> Mate, it was I such a like, terrible if thing. I was... I read it once that basically, yeah, this woman and her husband had an argument and then he came back in the room and she'd spontaneously combusted. So every time I was angry, I'd never sit down because I was terrified if I sat in a chair. That's why it happened. It says... That is so funny. I, I haven't thought about that for 25 years. <laughs> same, <probably>. same. That <laughs> is fucking hilarious. <laughs> There's another, another one here. It says, spontaneous combustion is the phenomenon in which a hydrocarbon or a chemical substance... Uh, unexpectedly burst into flames without apparent cause. In ordinary combustion, the hydrocarbon is deliberately heated to its ignition point to make it burn. But I remember seeing pictures of like this just ball of ash and just yeah. feet <laughs> at the bottom. Just the shoes and the why have they survived? <laughs> the shoes are always there as well. Just ash on yeah, them. Yeah, the shoes and gold teeth. Shoes smoking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, got a question here from Carl Opshon. It says, what balance would you put between signing a half-decent player, fifth or sixth, on the target list in January or holding off until summer, the summer to get first and second target? Obviously, there's going, to be a, there's going to be a hankering for Tottenham to be active in the January transfer market. But what is the best? What's the best? How do you go about this? Like, Do you, as Carl suggests, you go for someone who's like five or six down your target and perhaps isn't getting minutes at their club or... Do you actually wait and spend your money on a player that's actually going to significantly improve your first team in the summer? Now, like, say if we were trying to buy someone like Tap Sober, which seems more and more likely the less the more he plays, everyone's woken up significantly to how good he is, right? You can't get him in January. It's impossible. He's never going to leave Leverkusen. But do we spend half his transfer money based on that on a player that's nowhere near as good as him just to get cover in January? Do, how short-term do you look and how long-term do you look, Rick? Glad that question's come over to me straight away. Cheers. Um, <laughs> John, was that something percolating there? I see you looking into the distance. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't, like In my mind, I'm like, well, why don't we just overspend and get tap sober or whoever it is? Um, and well, although general, it won't is be allowed pretty, to leave. Yeah, well, let's make him allowed to leave by saying, but this look is... at all this money. Look at all this money. Are you going to turn it down? You're, no, you're not. Daniel... Why, don't you, why don't you take this money and you get your fifth or sixth down the list and we get our number one, two on the list? I don't know. Leverkusen, Leverkusen might, they might go for it. They, they don't have to do anything and they will not do anything, right? Because... because they know they can sell him in January, in, in the summer. The, only, the worst thing that can happen is he gets an injury and then he stays. Like, they're, they're all, like, like they're, there is this idea from fans is that we can just, effectively, if we throw enough money at it, that we can sign any player we want. Nonsense. You yeah. can't. Yeah? yeah? 
Oh, is it like yeah. that then, Rich think, John? Is that what it is? Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. Look, th think about it. If I said to you t today, Flav, right, I don't want you having Christmas on December the twenty-fifth. I want you having Christmas Day next week. I'll give you fifty grand if you do it. You fucking do it, won't you? You'll have you'll have a lovely day. Yeah. You'll, you'll enjoy it because I'll have paid you to fucking do what I want. Well, Tottenham should just go right. How much you want to tap sober in the summer? And I go fifty. Go all right. Here's hundred. Give him him now. Do what we say. We, we want we want him now. We're not, so we're not bothered about what you want. So give us yeah. give us what we want, mate. So the plan is, the plan is to spend hundred million pound on a on, on a player a that's worth like yes. 30, thirty million. That's the transfer. Yeah, <laughs> well, the thing no. is as well, like if you if you think about it, that um, obviously there's going to be rotation, so he's he's just not going to be on the bench, and then we are going to be going into. Hopefully, the Champions League next season. So it's you know looking to the future as well as the short term kind of gain from it. Now, hang on a second. You, we can't approach any transfer say with, with the acceptance that we're going to spend two hundred percent more than you should. Okay, let me let me do what I always do. You'd um, run, we'd run out of money it. and not have enough play. Like you cannot operate that way. Let, all right, oh, let I'm me... sorry. I forgot it was your money, mate. <laughs> it's not, not my oh, money. Oh, oh, it's not my money. Oh, I'm Daniel Levy's private account, and my name's Flav. What a twat. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. He can't. Here's my money. Up. Do what I say. Yeah, just take it. Take it and do what we say. Um, let me do what I always do, which is agree with Rick, and then immediately undermine him with a completely different argument. <laughs> um, I think it all depends on how Dyer and Phillips get on. If they're absolutely horrific and we're shipping like five goals a game and they are absolutely terrible, then maybe it is worth us going, okay, if there's a, a player who would normally be our fourth or fifth choice, but they are going to improve on Dyer and Phillips, knowing that Dyer's probably going to go and Phillips is one for the future, then you have to do that in, in January. You have to. But if they're getting on all right, like they're just going to get us by then don't do that and wait for the summer and spend the money on let's say I'll just say tap sober and maybe even in the summer we have to overspend because I still agree with Rick's point which is if we really want this player and you know that's going to take us into kind of the Champions League or whatever then fair enough so yeah that's what I would do is it just really does depend on how we get on in these next couple of games that will show us if we can rely on these players to at least just get us to January yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. prefer Rick's plan. I do prefer Rick's plan. And if it, it's not my money, so I'd happily just blow it all on whoever. But um, I don't think we'll do you, that. I think we're more you, likely to wait. You will have an issue in like two or three transfer windows where we don't have any money to spend. Like it'd be uh, ever. No, we'll always have money. We'll always, we'll always have, have money. money. Well, no, no, but, but, no, no, everyone else seems to be spending loads of money. Yeah, and no, just, no. Every, Everyone's just living the life of Roy. Look at Chelsea. How much have they spent? They're all right. You know, a billion. Yeah, yeah, a billion, a billion. Yeah, but... Arsenal, a hundred million on rice. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone's just spending. Why don't we just go go the other way? 150 mil, Brighton, Lewis Dunk. Don't it doesn't even like improve us, but just do it because we can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, I mean, so I, 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 should I even answer that seriously? Should I, do you want me to? I or should we just move no, on? No, 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 right. you don't. Right. Don't need to answer move, seriously. Move on. we, don't, we don't even care. We don't even care. We just want to spend the money. Just for the record yeah, on Rick are fully in. With Chelsea. All right, look, fuck it. I'm in as well. Let's just spend all the money. You're right. You're right. Yes. <laughs> just spend all the money. Yeah. What, what, so how much can we spend and be financial fair play compliant? About £400 million. All right, let's do it in January. Yeah. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Good. All in on Jan. Just, just for the with record, Chelsea. Chelsea have 
Chelsea have gambled on their future. That's what they've done, right? They're, they're compliant with financial fair play, but they commit to spending something close to £80 million a year on transfers. They've already spent. They've already spent £80 million for the next eight years before they've bought a new player at all. It may work. It may not. Who knows? There's a reason why every every other club haven't done this. It's not like... Do you think that... Do you think they're, 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 they're talking about buying a striker. They're talking about buying a striker in January. Yeah, they may be. They may do. Because they've, they've truncated all their where... payments over eight years. It's not. They haven't spent a billion pounds. They've committed to spending a billion pounds. It's different. Why don't we do that for one player? <laughs> yeah. Why don't we? Do, why don't we do some truncating on a few centre backs? What well, we do? And, we do just, just them. Just them. We do. We do. We, we do pay transfer fees across a player's contract. But yeah, just do one, Rick. Yeah, just do one, one mega one. Okay. Yeah, one Mbappe. Big. Just get Mbappe in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get Mbappe. Just spend 800 million on Mbappe. Bosh. Fuck off. Uh, would you soap your own mum's tits in exchange for Van der Ven getting a brand new hamstring? Lando, it'd take you all day. Take you all day, John. Take you all day. Just, that's just one, one tit. You need a weekend, mate. <laughs> you'd need a weekend to soap your mum's tits that's what you said that's just what yeah. you said yeah 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 Bill's, Bill says is Flav really this woke or is he just doing it to help his fledgling media career am I woke <laughs> what's that in what? relation to I, I don't know yeah. I've, just, I've just read it out I, um, I don't know am I woke I don't think I am no I think you get accused no. of being gammon more than you get accused of being woke can't yeah, we these days there you go. Um, yeah. Yeah, that fit was unfair. Un- fledgling media career is such a funny phrase, isn't it? I love how you've just read that out as well. It's just not got a clue. Just reading it half. You know, they're, they're, they're sniping at me and I've just read it out. It's Q&A pod. I don't know what I'm about to read. That's that, good. That's, that is good. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Um, all right. Rick, do you have to go? Uh, no, I'm all right for five more minutes. All right, five more minutes. Let's do a couple more questions and we'll round it up. Mechanical Man says, Flav, with an exclamation mark, you're in the centre circle of a packed Tottenham Hotspur Stadium with your mum. Brilliant. Each sexual act you perform, what is wrong with you? Will reduce the length of Mickey V's injury. How far are you going? I'm not doing anything. Fuck, it's a hamstring injury. Deal with it. I ain't fucking doing it. I'm not doing what, what kind of crime do I have to commit? It's just a hamstring injury. Let's just wait till he gets back like normal human beings. Don't propose such nonsense. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, the, la- the last question's right. You, you're, you're too woke now for incest, are you? Fucking mug. Yes. Yeah, yes. just let everyone have a go on your mum. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's a completely different proposal to what that's just said. Oh, okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was just asking. It was I had no relation to that question. So it's just a standalone statement. Let everyone, everyone have a go on your mum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, no, it's not going to help Van der Ven. We just want to go. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> just let everyone have a go on your mum. I love that it's your what's, permission as well. Like, what's the she's there going, oh, I don't want it to go. And you go, well, I've given permission. Yeah, yeah. I'm letting yeah. them have a go. That everyone wants to go. Uh, Mr. Gaz, he says, I'll, re- uh, I'll re-ask this question, but framing it in a fighting cock way. There are four seats in an escape pod and you were the driver which four of the current Spurs team do you save the rest will be attacked by a horde of sexual deviant um, if you had to save four members of the fight of, of the uh, podcast fucking hell, of the fight uh, of Tottenham Hotspur basically let's just what four players if you had to save and you're going to lose the rest who do you save Vicario's got to be one I've got 
I got mine. Vicario definitely won. Is he one? Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So he's got to be one. Yeah. I'm saying Van de Ven. Okay. Because I think Romero is amazing, but I think Van de Ven is more crucial to the way we play with his pace and slightly younger as well, so a bit more of a ceiling. Then I'm going. This is just mine, by the way. Then I'm going matters because yep. I think we yeah. don't have another player who can play that role, and he's mustard and Shung Min Son. I'm yeah, the best striker in the Premier League. Hard to argue with that. That's it. Yeah. I think we're all agreed. Spine, spine of the team, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, but, that's the correct answer. It's got to be. Yeah, I, 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 I probably agree with you. Although that's not to say there aren't incredible footballers elsewhere. But yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I thought Kulisevsky did well as well when he was he played on Monday. He's been really good this season, hasn't yeah, he? Works like, his fucking yeah. bollocks off. Oh mate, his work rate's unreal. And I know that's the, the sort of bare minimum for a footballer, but it's the way he does it. It's just it's just non-stop pressure. It's yeah, he's he's been really good. Uh, BBIQ Chicken, he says, Flav, how did you resist the urge of slamming Tory Jennings's head off into the table while he was spewing absolute bullshit on Monday? Quite a lot of questions about Rory Jennings. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what to say about it, really. Uh, who would win a fight? This is from M. Rona. He says, who would win a fight between Big John Bass and Andre the Giant? Froland says he's okay. dead. So... He's dead. You're you're the kind of person who believes that they can have everybody in the world, though, John. Don't you? You think that you're pretty much in a fight. You you hold your own against anybody. Anybody I mean, who isn't a trained fighter. Normal people, just average blokes. Yeah. What street. percentage yeah, of fucking smash smash them all up? Well, hang on. What percentage on. of normal men do you think you could beat in a fight? Like, bearing in mind, like if you had a hundred normal men of no training, yeah. like you're you've had no training, they come in all shapes yeah. and sizes. They might be. Yeah, my size. They might be Ricky's size, Alex's size, whatever. Of that hundred, how many are you beating? Do you think? Do you genuinely believe? So I genuinely think I could beat all hundred. You think you'd win a hundred fights? I, I look. Let me just super clarify this before I get misquoted. If I was in a ring with them, the moment I go in there, I would believe I would win every fight. I might not end up winning them though, but I, it, I would go into that going, "I'm going to fucking do you." Let's see how you get on. I might I love end up the losing. That, I, I, I love the fact that you said I might not win all of them. Might yeah. not. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a chance. <laughs> that I might not win all of <laughs> and what, them. What? I reckon I'd be in of, of average men in Britain. I reckon I'd be in the top ten percent hardest <laughs> of non-trained just blokes. Yeah, yeah. Just I'm blokes. six foot three. I'm fucking massive, and I've, I've had a few scraps. I'm unbeaten on the cobbles, mate. I like. Do you know how many fucking gorm blokes? There are who can't even like lift a finger playing on their fucking consoles. And, the, and to be, to be clear, oh, this isn't down. 100 men. This isn't 100 men that at once. Yeah, no, no, it's not 100 men at once, certainly. But it's not 100 men who are game. It's plucking 100 from society. Yeah, exactly. And you're, and you're, saying, uh, okay. you're saying 90 out of 100. Well, Rick, how many of you, if, if you just pluck 100 randoms and, and you had to fight them, how many do you think you'd win? Um. 30? Yeah, I was. Do you know what? I was going to say 30. I was going to say 30. Because naturally, if, if, if even if people that I think are naturally or they look weaker than me or whatever, sometimes when that adrenaline goes and they 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 catch me under the chin or something like that, or they just go wild, just windmilling non stop for like two minutes, and I, I'm just like, fucking hell, I can't take this anymore. 
take the knee, like the people are going to win. They're going to get me. Yeah, I think we're overestimating the average person. That's that's my point. It's not that I'm hard. It's just that I think the average person is absolutely pathetic. So <laughs> that's what I'm banking on. Now it could be my luck that it's like the hundred people are like seven foot monsters, and just because they've never learned to fight, they're just massive. And or it could be that they're you know just they've, like Rick said, they're just really fit. So it's like I'm a bit of a slug, and I can't keep up with their fitness, and they, I just lose by default because I can't keep up with it. I'll accept all those, but I just think the average bloke in Britain is not that tough and if i got enough of them i'd win my fair share so i'd say <laughs> i'm say i'll go i'll give the answer i reckon i'll be in the, i'll beat 75 percent that's, that's my number i'd beat yeah. i'd battle them beat all 100 100 out of 100 100 out of 100 well if i was in what well, if i was in i'd the kick average, the shit out of you john i'd absolutely batter you <laughs> I'd, I'd love to fight you i'm mate, the hardest so I'm, I'm definitely the hardest of the fighting cop that yeah nah that's mental. That is not that is not mental. Case has got to be the hardest. Case, he's a man. Is the hardest? He's yeah. One, he's northern. Northern people have a you know a he's little bald. special and he's bald. Um, level. He's bald and he's in great shape. He's yeah, but he's, I, think, I think he's too muscle bound. I think he would tire very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think the rest of us are going to get on? We're all unfit. <laughs> How's that an advantage? Oh yeah, he goes to the gym all the time, so he'd probably tire. What? Uh, no. <laughs> just, <laughs> muscle, mass, all of us. muscle mass. Muscle mass. Um, he's getting tired lifting all the weights yeah, that's how it works no um, I just the idea of fighting anybody is abhorrent uh, alright we'll finish on this one then um, I've just read it I don't really want to read it out it's another one about my mum uh, good I'm going I've got to go bye alright Rick bye. bye 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 do you want to hear it John yeah I'd love to mate Assume my mum gets degraded enough so like why not we're, we're just celebrating her memories though your mum this is something else uh, assume van der ven misses the rest of the calendar year but for each time the medical staff gang bangs flav's mum jesus that's too much in it that's that's a lot isn't it i mean it's all funny just like oh yeah can you know can i shake your mum ha <laughs> yeah but like that's quite visceral quite yeah, aggressive it's too much it's too much. It's that that, too much, even so, for her. And and to be honest, boys and girls, like I've, I've there's about, about fourteen Flav's mums thing. It's like haven't you got anything better? Like, yeah, come on, something funnier than it's that. Bit, yeah, there's loads of there's loads of uh, different comedy angles you can take. I'd say your mum jokes, whilst they can be a witty riposte, yeah, at of course, times. have fun with it. But um, pre-planned mum jokes, on the other hand, not not as sure they're that funny anymore. Yeah, I mean, effectively, is the joke is that you're talking about my mum over and over again, mm. but it's a sort of it's just the same thing every. So uh, yeah, come up with something else. Yeah, much. I don't much give funnier. a. Sh I don't like care. I'm like nothing can offend me. I don't think. I don't think I've ever been offended by words same. in my life. Um, but uh, same. Be I did. Um, be I did. Better. I did have one guy I played football against who said to me. Like I, I think I just like missed a chance. I did something shit basically, and he was like, "Ah, fucked your mum," <laughs> and it, it was it, it caught me off guard for a second. But then I just thought about it. I thought, well, like you're a, at the time like a twenty year old man. You've slept with a fifty year old overweight woman. So I just kind of I just said to him, I was like, it's not a win. "Well, she's absolutely butters, mate." So like you've had a nightmare. <laughs> uh, you've had a nightmare. 
And then his his mate overheard him and was sort of like laughing at his mate. And I, at that moment, I was a bit like, your mum jokes make no sense. Yeah, Unless rubbish. your mum is actually fit, which yeah. yours is, then it, then <laughs> I can see why that annoys. There you go. That's how to do it funny. Boom. That's how you do it funny. Uh, just want to remind you about the Manscaped offer. If you're still with us and you're interested in getting some Manscaped stuff, trim up your bush, sort your beard out. Uh, get some and some nice pants that don't chafe. Uh, it's actually really nice stuff, and you'll be helping the podcast out by using our promo code, the Fighting Cock. Uh, you get twenty percent off, and uh, just between me, you and me, this is a bit of a test for Manscaped, and I don't think they'll be listening to this point. So, if you sign up, it will help us out, and they'll we'll look at a longer term sponsorship. Uh, yeah, so it's the 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 Fighting Cock is the promo code, and genuinely good stuff. Great ideas for presents for the male counterparts in your family which are always difficult to um they're always bloody difficult to buy for aren't they men i'm going into christmas john and i don't i don't mind what i get i don't care but if if i if i got if i got a um if i if i got a manscape box that helps me keep myself in trim i'd like nice trim i would i'd I'd be more than happy with that this would be the exact gift yeah, this would be the exact gift I'd want someone to buy me for Christmas because, like, it's something that I probably should buy myself, and maybe with the discount code I will. But like, it would be great if like my brother or my sister or my mum or my dad bought this for me. I'd love it. So, yeah. Well, yeah, if you've got any hairy members of your family, okay. Well, or even on. if you're even if you're not, and you just need to trim your your bush up a little bit, like your yeah. wife would thank you for it. Your wife and your husband or whatever it might be would thank you for it. The perfect package is five the five point ultra plus peak hygiene plan. 115 quid but if you use the fighting cock you get 20% off that so you get shit loads anyway cheers boys it's good um, and uh, rough. we'll um, see you for five well actually for your patron we'll be doing the preview for the Wolves game and then five statements after the Wolves game so there's loads of content coming we've got the other podcast uh, we've got the lab which is a new podcast we produce behind the paywall so it's patreon.com forward slash fighting cock cheers boys bye bye Network.